You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta, at the University of Calgary campus radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, District 5 and 6. Disclaimer. The following program features language not suitable for all audiences. And the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. Welcome to the extended version of the introduction. Uh, We're here with not everybody because timing conflicts and uh, Super Bowl made everything so wonderful to plan some people Uh, are stinkly winklies yes i definitely some people are stinkly winklies but those who are not stinkly winklies this week are my good friend blaze and uh, i guess we got subset here in in spirit as well Uh, i gotta gotta represent for him (laughs) no fair enough fair enough enough. and we got we got gemini hello and it's time for us to just jump right into it i think it is appropriate uh gemini i know you've been waiting a little bit to talk about this this actually took precedent over your other story that you wanted to let sit for a bit, but why don't you Mm -hmm. give us a rundown of Persona 3 Reload. So, if you are unfamiliar with the Persona series, which on one hand I understand it, until 5, it kind of was a more underground, I don't want to say underground, but it wasn't the most, like, a very popular Japanese. It was a Um, hidden gem franchise. Yeah, it was a hidden uh, gem uh, franchise released by, is it Altus? I believe. Atlas. Atlas. Altus is an Elden Ring, anyway. By (laughs) Atlas, um, published by Sega, and and the first game was released way back in like I think like 2009 so it was an older game on the PS2 and um even older the, than the, that because the first Persona or are you talking about just are you just talking about the, just three just three. the original version of three yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Say that, that was that like, was like 2000s yeah so it's, it was an older PS2 game and you know and then when then four released that one was pretty good but you know the big kickoff of the series was five which I haven't played but that's besides the point um <laughs> but just earlier or in the beginning of the month, February 2nd, they had finally released the remake of Persona 3 called Persona 3 Reload, and I, you know, I decided to play it, because one I, Persona 3 was the one that I started with. Um, I've never beat it, because it's a long-ass game, because that is just the crutch of JRPGs. They're very long games, but it is available for purchase now as of February 2nd, but if you do not wish to purchase it, either because you are unsure if you're not gonna like it, or anything, if you do have access to Game Pass, either through your Xbox or through your, your PC. It is available for free download off of the Game Pass, which is really nice. It was a day one launch. It was a day one launch title, which is really, I, I love that they did that. But anyway, moving on to the game. So I honestly have really enjoyed it. Like I said, I played the first, the original one and it was it was decent. You know, it obviously was, still like look wise, it was very dated in a sense where the graphics were a little yikes and everything. And when you, when I played it on my more modern screen, it was very obvious how dated the graphics kind of were, which is fine, you know, but the this remaster is really good. They did change a lot. I think a lot of it is meant to be kind of similar to how Persona 5 did some things. Sorry, I was doing something it definitely like kind gave of like heavy, floating in there. It, it definitely gave me heavy Persona 5 vibes from the trailers of this version of it. And I think that's what they did say is that they wanted to take aspects from the newer games and re-implement them versus just like, you know, taking every single mechanic from the 
the old game, which like I said, I didn't play the newer one. So I don't know which mechanics are like from Persona 5, which ones are new. But I can definitely tell that um, they did change a lot of the old mechanics. So one thing that I really like that they've done with the new one in comparison to the old one is when you were in combat, I remember it was kind of annoying where when you, the only person you could control during the turn-based combat was the, the player character, the blue-haired kid, um, which is canon name if I recall. I think, what did I name? I think, because he has two names, like two canon names. There's this anime version and then there's his like game manga version. And I don't remember. I think it was, I think it was Minato. No, I don't know. We'll just call him Minato. I think that's his anime <laughs> name. So with the turn-based combat in the original game, you could only control the character that you played as. The rest of your party, like they were going off of whichever like combat AI that you had assigned to them. Okay. And in the beginning, it kind of was a little frustrating because you unlocked new combat styles as the game progressed that you could, it like, you know, you could all in, you know, play more defensively. If you, if they had more support based abilities, you could assign them to just healing and supporting only. So it got better as the game progressed, obviously, as you unlocked more team skills. But in the beginning, you know, it was just everyone do default. And it got kind of frustrating because I remember, because these, because the enemies you fight have weaknesses because the persona, you know, in a sense, they kind of work in a similar sense of Pokemon where they have their own like class and abilities. Yeah, yeah, strengths and weaknesses. And so like an example would be you're going against an enemy that's weak to ice and you use ice and then you end your turn and then someone's just like, I'm a you, or no, they're weak to ice, you use fire. No, you use ice. I'm confusing myself. They're weak to ice because they're strong against fire and your dumbass (laughs) companion's just like fireball and it's just like you just negated every bit of damage I did. Thank you for that. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, 5 um, definitely had it to where you could control all of them separately. Then, so that is, yeah, that is a mechanic then that they brought from 5 where you can control what they do. And an, another interesting thing is, again, I don't know if this is 5 or a new thing entirely, but when you would strike their weakness and everything, you had the opportunity then to give, because you would get an, an extra attack. You had the opportunity to essentially push, like give that extra attack to one of your teammates. So oh. I thought that was really good. Oh, I don't, it's been a bit since I've played 5, so I don't remember if that was a thing you could do or not. I really like that, because if you were going against a bunch of shadows where one was weak to wind, one was weak to fire, and one was weak to ice, you know, yeah, your character can change his persona, but you can only change it once per turn. So say you change it to the one that does wind damage, and then you're like, well, shit, I can't do fire ice, but my other two can. So you can can kind of like, you know, uh, essentially like pass the mic to them, and I really liked that. Yeah. Um, The graphics are very nice. They're very crisp, very clean. You know, they have that modern Atlas look to it. Like, you can tell it's an Atlas game because they kept with their normal style, and it is it is beautiful. I am a little sad that they did reduce the amount of anime cutscenes. However, because the fact that the graphics are heavily improved, the in-game cutscenes do look better now. In the past, they were a little janky because of just the fact that that was the engine that the game was running on at the time and the hardware that it had to run on for the consoles. It was a little jank, so that's probably why they a lot of their like big story cutscenes were mostly just like anime cutscenes. Saves a lot on time because that 3D animation definitely probably takes up a lot of time compared to 2D animation. At least that's just a guess on my part. I don't know how it all works. And that's what I'm thinking is back then it was probably a lot cheaper and easier for them just to have anime cutscenes. But now that they have these more crisp and probably, I mean, I've never, I've never done like any form of like 3D animation, especially in a game sense. So I don't know which would be easier, but I feel like maybe with their current engine that they're 
running the game on now, it might be even easier now to just continue it in the game rather than cutting to an anime cutscene. They still have a few, like the opening cutscene and a few like very important bits um, are still the anime cutscene, but a lot of them now are in game. And honestly, it was a little, I wasn't expecting it. And I'm a little sad because I did like that, but it's not like it's a deal breaker. Right. Another interesting thing is they're voice acted now. And this throws me off because when I first was introduced to Persona 3, it was a Let's Play I found on YouTube a long time ago. And because there was only voice acting during special like cutscenes and everything, mmm... 90% of the characters, like the side characters, like your social links and everything, which they did keep those in. I think most of the social links, again, I'm not that far in the game. I think I'm a month and a half in the game and it's a whole year. So I'm like not even a quarter of the way through the game. So I don't know if all of the social links are there. They probably are, but who's to say? But they're all voice acted now. And that threw me off because when I watched this Let's Play the first time, because they weren't voice acted, he gave them their own voice. Like he, you know, he spoke it out like so that way if you were listening or anything and you didn't have to watch and read and he was trying to be funny because I remember there's this your first social link is this kid he's one of your classmates his name is Kenji Tomochika I think but he couldn't say his last name that well so he called him Kenji Tomatoes and he gave him the Eric Hartman voice <laughs> oh and so that's the God. voice I have associated this character with so when this character appeared I'm like oh shit it's Kenji and then he speaks and it's just this basic ass like dude voice I'm like wait that was so jarring for me but that's a that's a me issue because from this Let's Play, I have already like associated these certain voices with some of these characters because they didn't have a voice at the time. They were not voice acted and anything. So that was just a me thing for jarring. But if you did not have that and like, it is it is nice to hear these characters actually have a voice because in the past they didn't. And I do like how they went above and beyond for that because they could have continued with just not voice acting, you know, except maybe like, you know, a little <laughs> grunt or a little like noise of affirmation that they've done in the past. But now they have like they full on like speak every portion of their dialogue and that's nice yeah it's like um when has been hotel um finally got its first season after like four or something years of the pilot being put on youtube um so a lot of the characters got their voice actors like changed out and one of the ones that caught me off guard the most was uh husks or huskers mm -hmm. um voice actor because he went from i believe mick lauer is the one who voiced husk in the pilot and then keith david ended up becoming the the um voice for the actual show did this man just say keith david and their voices are not terribly different from each other um but different enough to where you would immediately notice the difference and it kind of caught me off guard a bit i like keith david as husk but it just caught me off guard that the voice changed that much oh yeah and that happened too because again this game originally came out in like the early 2000s so even the characters that were voiced like the main cast of characters i think a lot of them if not almost all of them their voice they have different voice actors which is fine you know that's almost over that's almost 20 years that has passed so sure they could have gotten the same voice actors but by this point they might be busy with other projects they might retire you know they have no interest in voicing again these characters who knows what's to say why they didn't maybe they just maybe they just wanted a fresh set of character of voices which is fine you know that's completely fine but it was a little jarring because one character he i believe his he was voiced by the same guy who voiced gara from naruto i can't remember his name is it yuri lowenthal i think i should probably do a quick fact check who was it who voices 
who? Gara. Voices Gara. Liam O'Brien. Yuri Lowenthal, someone else. Uh, Liam O'Brien. I'm pretty sure he voiced um someone from Persona. I think it was Akihiko. And that kind of cut, like, no, it, it kind of like, what's the word I'm thinking of? It was a little jarring at first. I'm like, oh, that's not the voice I remember this character having. But again, he was probably busy with other things or they just wanted someone fresh, which is fair enough. It's also- Actually, wait, did, hmm? he might've come back actually. I'm just quick. One thing that's also reference. really nice too about this remake of it is that even if you do buy it, it's only 60 bucks or is it cheaper oh, yeah. than that? The original version of Persona 3 Portable can go anywhere from 80 to $120 if you can find one. Oh my God. Yeah, that was another thing because I remember before this got announced, I managed to track a copy of the original PS2 version on eBay. I think it was like, it's, it was technically cheaper than this, but for probably what it sold back when it came out was is, was double. Cause I think it was like fi about 40, 50 bucks that I paid for this copy. Okay. But I bet back, back in the day, it was probably like 20, 20, 30 bucks. Cause you know, inflation, <clears throat> that's a different topic. Um, but like, you know, technically it was double, but it was less than this. But still in comparison to if I would have bought it like as a kid, when it first came out, that is double than what I, you would have paid for. So it is a little shitty, but then yeah, I bought that. And then I think a month later they announced that this was coming out in like a year and a half. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me right now. <laughs> I think I remember you complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. One other thing that I like that, like I said, that I've gotten to so far because I'm only about a month in game time into the game. So I haven't been able to see everything that has been changed. It does so far look like that they have kept a lot of what was in the original game story wise. Um, I haven't even made it to the first like full moon section, not like the beginning tutorial one, but like the like when the story starts to kick off. I haven't even gotten to that point yet because I've just been busy. But the map is so much better. Um, the way you travel, use them like the traveling system is so much more smoother. They have added little bits and pieces you can go to in the map that they didn't before. If I, it, it's just, it's a lot more smoother than the original game. And another interesting thing that I liked is I, and I think this is a feature from the fifth, maybe even the fourth game even, is I remember in the third one, you kind of would just go around and do things. Like, you know, you could, you, like, you, you still do the whole like upgrading your stats and everything, like your, your charisma, your charm, and your uh, charisma, charm, your charm, intelligence, academics, whatever, and bravery, courage, that's what it was. Um, but I did like how you could work a uh, little part-time jobs in this. And I think that was from, I think that started in the fourth game, but probably was a feature in the fifth game too. Okay. See, I'm like um, so disconnected from Persona and I like, I've been kind of white noising it this whole time. And then all of a sudden I hear part-time job and I'm like, what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> was uh, it, at was one Persona point, about a day-night cycle where at, a ni where at nighttime you become a weird warrior? I didn't know there was jobs in N4. Well, so the main it. premise of Persona, I'm not, at least with three and four, I, I want to say maybe five. I think it's just the whole premise of the series is, yeah, by day you are a average Japanese high schooler, average Japanese citizen. And then by night you are a Persona wielding either vigilante or um, usually some form of vigilante because you're like kind of trying to save the group, the area you're in um, with by your own means. And so, yeah, that's the basic premise of all the Persona games, if I'm pretty sure. Like, that's how three is. That's how four is. I'm not too sure if that's how five is, probably. And one thing, though, that I, I should have mentioned this in the beginning, I don't know if five really has a lot of heavy topics, but three in the beginning does 
does warn that the game does focus on certain heavy topics, such as in like uh, there. I'm trying to remember how it basically words that there are references of like depression and suicide in the game. So that is a quick fair warning. This game does kind of have some heavy topic focuses. I haven't gotten to that point, but like in the opening cutscene, there literally is a scene where a girl is jumping off of a roof. Oh, so. well, that, that must be a rite of passage for Persona games because something similar like that happens in five. Yeah, there's literally in the open, like even before you get to the main menu, it's literally the opening scene as the game boots up. Um, You know, it's all like anime happy noises and some really banging music. And then there's like a girl jumping off of the high off the school and it's just like, oh, okay. I've always, I've always thought it was funny too how like in some of the games it's very, it's interesting how the characters activate their persona. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in this one, you shoot yourself in the head with a gun. Yep, you shoot yourself in the face yeah. with a gun. In five, you have this mask that's like glued to your face and you go to rip it off with your skin to basically activate your persona. Yeah, yeah. in four, you like crushed a card, I think. That was the only tame one. All the other ones is some weird, crazy shit. Yeah, four was so tame. They literally just like crushed a card and their persona came out. They wore glasses, but that was to like see in their like alternate universe world that they were like hunting in, fighting in. No, yeah, but I guess in five, yeah, you're literally ripping your face off. And then in three, you're actively holding a gun to your head and shooting yourself in the temple to activate your persona. It looks bad. It's really not, but I haven't gotten that far. So it probably reaches some slightly heavier topics because that's just, that's just the series. They gloss over topics like that. It's it's definitely Uh, a franchise for like older teens to adults. It does have a mature rating of M for violence, obviously, because you were literally fighting. That's like one of the main focuses of the game. Strong language. Yeah. Partial nudity, which it's it's, it's a Japanese game. Sexual themes and blood, which again, it's, yeah, it's definitely for older audiences. So it may seem like a fun little cutesy anime JRPG, but it's not. I'd say say it'd be fine for a teen if they're mature enough. Yes. It should not be something a 12 year old should be picking up because that's how old I was when I found the game and I wanted to play it. Mm. Yeah, but all in all, I really like the game so far. I'm probably going to enjoy it from beginning to end. Will I replay it? Mostly not because of the fact it's so long. That is the caveat of these games. They don't have great replayability just because of how f***ing long they are. Yeah, these, especially me, whenever I play a story game, I don't really have the urge to replay it a second time unless it was something that really captivated me. But when it's games like that, it's so f***ing long. There, there's just yeah, no you, way I could replay it again. The only way I could say you could replay this is either A, you have the time and the patience to sit down and play this continuously for how long it is, or B, you are an avid, like, achievement grinder. Because I'm pretty, I haven't seen, I haven't looked at the achievement list for it, but I'm going to naturally assume that there probably is missable achievements maybe um, linked to the social links, because I'm pretty, because you can miss a lot if you do not scour the game. So those are like the two ways that I could see this being a good replayable game in the sense of either you just re- you are enamored by this and you have the time, energy, and patience to just plow through it, or you're an achievement grinder because there are probably missable achievements just due to that alone. Um, like I said, I haven't looked at the achievement list, but I'm going to naturally assume there probably is one where you get all the social links and some of them are probably very easily missable because some of them, you know, some of them you get through the story, obviously, 
obviously. Some of them are, well, you can only get this achievement or this social link if you talk to this one character three times because she will reject you every time you talk to her until that third time. Then she'll finally cave and talk to you. <laughs> Which one thing, I'm really hoping that they, because I think this was an option in, was it the PlayStation? Or, mm, I don't know if this is an option because with the social links, you can romance some of your female classmates, which is fine. I don't care about that. But I think my issue with it was in the past, it always led to romance. You had no choice whether you could be friends with them or whether you banged them. It always led to that. And it could fuck up if like they found out that you were progressing to romances at the same time and it would essentially ruin your progress with the social link. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that they implemented where you could either choose to progress it as a romance or you just remain friends. But I haven't gotten that far. And if I recall, I think they made that an option in the PlayStation Portable Edition. I want to say I'm not 100% sure. I know they made it an option in one of their later titles. Was that an option in 5? I know in 5, if you get far enough to where it's about to become a relationship with a character, you'll get a text bubble of your character thinking in your head like, oh wait, I'm already in a relationship with someone. Should I continue with this? Okay, and maybe they did it like that too, because like I said, I haven't gotten that far. I didn't even get that far in the original game because again, these are long ass games. I got work. I got other shit. I, I barely had the time to sit down and play it, even though I wanted to. So, but I do note the fact that like you were forced into it and I'm really hoping that they got away from that. And that's just me being all like, I hate the idea that a male character can't be friends with a female character. It has to be male character, be friends, female character. And then her, you know, her, her Gucci gets wet for him and, uh, and they bang. And I'm like, that's not how it always goes. So Please stop. Okay. But uh, anyway, so that is my opinion about Persona 3 Reload. Essentially boiling down to it, I enjoy the game. I really like it. If you like JRPG, like modern JRPGs where you play as a Japanese high schooler, honestly, I'd give it a shot, especially if you do have access to Game Pass. Even if you don't and you just like, you want to do like the little, I think they have a free trial, right? The Game Pass has like a free trial system. Um, I want to see if they do. I think so. It depends on what time of the year you're trying to sign up for for the first time. I know when it's during the holidays, they usually give you a month free and then start charging you. Or they'll do a thing where it's like three bucks for the first month. I guess basically if you're interested in this and you don't have Game Pass, but if you have the opportunity to like get it for free or like um, through someone else, I would definitely give this game a try then if you don't feel like buying it. Because it is, you know, modern game price of like 50, 60 bucks. I get that. It can be a little intimidating, especially if you feel you won't like it. But if you do have access to play for free, definitely give it a try because it is a pretty good game. It is very fun. It is very long, but I 100% recommend it as a very nice story game to just turn the lights off, grab a snack, grab a drink, and just kick your feet back and play a nice little, a nice big RPG. <laughs> Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Um, but anyway, moving on from anime video games, Snorbert Borber, what do you have about about your little anime corner. What news do you have? Um... Okay, Blaze, what do you have to tell us about Sonic? <laughs> Robbie! I knew it. I knew the moment that I would leave to go say bye to my sister would be the time that you'd end your topic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> God damn it. I am so sorry. Anyways. Well, on the bright even... side, you got some fun shit to add to the YouTube version. <laughs> You've got some stuff oh. to edit. Oh, it's going to be great. It's gonna be oh, you great. didn't even hear what I called you? No, I, I was I was completely I called you Snorbert Borbert. <laughs> 
Norbert Blorbert. That is that is that is a I'm new like, one. How do we lose a six foot scrawny Canadian rat boy so easily? Hey, I'm five foot eight. Gotta respect my short kings out there. Anyway, six foot. I no, I've never been that six foot be in my me. life. Yeah, he is the six foot one. No, he, he's the gargantuan mammoth. Y'all are taller than me, so yeah. Well, you're well like be... four foot eleven. Anybody is not, taller than you. I, I am not. You are canonically me. four foot ten and a half. That that is your what? canon height in our in our. Anyways, I'm gonna get right not into yet. my. Yeah, I'm, I'm still just five <laughs> two. You have time to shrink. It's okay. Anyways, no. uh, <laughs> I probably will shrink. Uh, we all will shrink into the grave. Anyways, so to get into my portion of the episode, because I'm totally on time and didn't at all drop the ball by by leaving my mic unattended. Anyways, the um, say otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Anyways, I'm gonna. There's like a whole bunch of anime-related news when it comes to anime games and anime shows that are that's coming out that I just want to rattle off real quick, just because you know I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Dragon Ball. So starting off, uh, Battle Hour happened just in the latter moments and latter days of January and they revealed a crap ton of information that I want to get into. First of all, they revealed the final DLC for Dragon Ball Kakarot, which is going to take place between after the Boo Saga into the end of Z with Oob and all that and I am really um, cautiously optimistic because I never really understood where it placed in the timeline now that Super became a thing, but I'm sure they'll be able to figure something out, you know, and uh, I really hope that this is, this is another reference to the 23rd World Martial Martial Arts Tournament DLC where it was more boots on the ground, it was less flying, more grounded combat. That's going to be hype, and obviously we'll probably get another, like a sequel game where it'll get the entirety of uh, Super into the Tournament of Power, maybe into the manga, which I'm hoping for. But speaking of the manga, the one thing that is going to be replacing what should be the new series of episodes for Super is Dragon Ball Daima, which is going to be the newest story written by the original creator of Dragon Ball, Kira Toriyama. So anyways, this is going to be a weird one because they released another trailer for it. Absolutely gorgeous. These visuals look incredible, better than some of the movie clips that we've seen from Broly and Super. And I have absolutely no idea where this place is in the timeline. I don't know if they're doing a Dragon Ball Super Heroes route and making its own continuity in its own universe. I don't know, but this honestly looks kind of fun and it looks something new and fresh. So I'd just like to add because my former self forgot to mention the Dragon Ball Diamond trailer did end with a release date of fall of 2024. And one last comment I'd like to add is that I feel like this may be the smartest choice Dragon Ball has ever made as this can finally allow the manga to stretch out. Yes, they have the moral arc into the granola arc and, and now they're covering Dragon Ball Super Superheroes into the latest chapters of the manga, which I'm really excited if you if you know what is going on, specifically right after the movie takes place, but I think this is the smartest choice for Akira Toriyama to make because now Dragon Ball Super's manga can just keep extending and then they'll have three or four seasons of content just to make episodes on and they won't have to rush, they, they'll they be able to take their time to make the visuals as best as they can because we all know what happened at the start of Super, they tried to make the movie into some animation episodes and it wasn't the best, but I hope that it's given the 
time that it needs, and I'm just really excited. I'm really excited for the show. I'm really excited to see where the manga's going and just to see how everything turns out. I am optimistic about this. I just I just hate how the manga stories like the, the Moro arc and the Granola arc, I hate how those have just been lost to the pages of the manga. I really want to see at least like a movie, maybe a mini series, just wrapping that up into Super, like the latter half of, of Super. But, you right. know, I, I'm... I, I want to see that stuff animated so bad. Oh, yeah, like, On dude, top like, of like... There's my, so my, many moments. Minor... Like, yard rat. Like, minor spoiler, not going to go too much into detail so it's still a big thing but um a little bit of goku and bardock stuff with the um, oh yeah the later chapters of that super 2 which is something a lot of people have wanted to see i think we are beyond the point of caring about who's written what and who's drawn up what like we should because i know the whole part uh one of the reasons why the manga has stayed in the manga is because they haven't been uh toei animation hasn't been on board with the creator of it because it's not akira toriyama but but as you said, Blaze, there's so many different things in the manga that I want to see be brought back. And the one thing, the one way that I think we'll be able to see that with my amazing ability to transition is with the new news of Sparking Zero, the new Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi game. And the roster is speculated to have, I want to say, around 160, maybe a little bit more than 160 characters. And I'm hopeful that, because there was a poll um, that was on some YouTuber's uh, channel, and they said, what would make or break this game for you? And for me, it was the what if situations like they, they could literally have a whole section of the what if part of the game just have it be manga like going through all of the the stories yet to be told because that was my favorite part about going into Budokai Tenkaichi was just having great co-op ma- uh, co-op team battles going through amazing transformations and when it came to the single player was like the what if stories like the story mode was kind of cookie cutter because you know at this point we've heard it like a million times but I really can't wait to hear more information about Spark Zero to, to hopefully see some what if scenarios, maybe get a DLC pack where they include the manga. But yeah, aside from that Dragon Ball news, which I'm I'm, te- I'm telling you right now, I'm getting all three of you, you, uh, Menace, and uh, and Subset to get Dragon Ball Sparking Zero because we're all just going to have a, ba- a blast. Going so tournament. you want us to kick your ass in another game? Yes, I don't care. I'm getting my ass kicked <laughs> in Curse Clash. I don't care. I'm having fun. Speaking yeah. of speaking of the game, though, um, over 160 characters. That's a lot of different characters. Am I assuming that a lot of those are just different versions of the same character, like Goku and Super Saiyan 1, 2, 3? The um, way that it was kind of shown off is that each each character has its own uh, set type. So you have, I think the way they're doing it in the actual source code is that they have early, mid, and late. So late would be uh, dry, uh, it would be base form into Ultra Instinct and by extension like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue. And they, the mid Goku is where they go base to Super Saiyan 3. And then early would be base to Kaioken times 3. So I think that's the way they're going to do it. But they might okay. also just do composite where they have one character slot, like Budokai Tenkaichi 3, where they have one slot and show all the forms afterwards. But the one thing I hope is that I hope each of these versions of the character fight in it, like have a different fighting style to actually do like, like Curse Clash. I know we'll be talking about that in the next couple weeks when Menace is able to uh, join us. But but the one shining light about that game right now is the diversity of all the characters and how different they all feel from from each other. And I just hope that continues in other games. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Yeah, speaking of 
jumbled up news topics. I know that with all the Dragon Ball news that has come out, uh, there has been an equal amount of Sonic news that has surfaced. So Blaze, why don't you take us through the litany of reveals that have happened over the past couple weeks for the Sonic franchise? Oh boy, Sonic fans are eating good this year. Not this oh, month, yeah. not this week, this year. Especially with especially with Sonic Frontiers DLC, Sonic. Uh, what was that other 2D Sonic game that they came out with? I know it wasn't um, Sonic. Was it other they, than Sonic? They released a Sonic game that was mobile. I don't remember. Uh, um, Sonic Dream Team. They released. Yeah, Sonic mobile. Dream Team. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. But yeah, so I got a few things to talk about. First thing is the new Sonic Shadow Generations game that got announced. Uh, about oh bro almost two weeks a little less than two weeks ago now at this point so a lot of people are really hyped about this remaster but it's not just remaster that's adding in shadow into oh, dude. it oh bro i'm oh i'm sorry <laughs> no no you're good dude. i'm hyped about this too it remasters from the ground up the sonic generations game putting it onto all systems completely revamped with better graphics but it's also adding in shadow with its his own story that is a small sequel to shadow the hedgehog back in like two 2004. Which is such a deep cut, dude. Like, But yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog was by far my favorite Sonic game, which is kind of funny considering that it's a spinoff. But huh? it was my... Shadow, Shadow the Hedgehog was my favorite Sonic game, hands down. And the so, fact, so, you like, so you like going slow and shooting guns. Got it. You can go really fast with Shadow. It, it, yeah, you can, like you can fight like Sonic or you can fight like Shadow. Um, It pretty much gives you the diversity to do both. But yeah, I really like that game the most. Most, and it's really interesting that they're actually going to make a shadow sequel of it. Shadow, shadow sequel. <laughs> I'm hyped for it. I mean, I know my para my uh, paralysis demon is that little like wiggly eyeball thing in the shadow, uh, the hedgehog game. And I'm never going to not live a day where I'm like, <laughs> little tentacle wiggles. But yeah, the fact that they're bringing this back, because I feel like Shadow the Hedgehog was in line with those games that had a lot more of a realistic style. So seeing that represented in and brought back kind of in the newer age. I know since like, I think it was Generations, the whole Sonic timeline has been connected into one giant thing. So this is nothing new, but you know, we may we may see a resurgence of other Sonic games with new content. Like, you know, Sonic uh Sonic Riders and we'll, we'll get we'll get the, the the those three guys. Sonic Rider the name of Jet. The, I Jet. remember Jet. Jet. That's, remember the, that's, Jet. The, that's the green guy. I remember the other two, but I remember Jet very well. I don't think anybody else cares about anybody that isn't Jet. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the direction they're going to take with this especially with like how garnered Generations was in the past with how good it was and how kind of it, it was kind of like the one shining peak of the, the modern 3D Sonic games. Yeah, but not I mean, I mean Sonic Colors was good too but then yeah. it's kind of dipped down. Yeah a lot of the newer Sonic games I haven't really been feeling too much for. It wasn't until Sonic um, Forces and Sonic Frontiers that I was finally starting to get back into Sonic a bit but yeah there were 
was a good period where they were just releasing Sonic games that I just didn't really care about. But going, but not only do we have game Sonic news, but we got movie Sonic news too. Oh shit. Sonic speaking the Shadow. Yeah, speaking of Shadow, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which is going to be bringing Shadow into the movies, there is a rumor that Hayden Christensen might be voicing Shadow. See, I just want him to say, I know this is such a big ask, but I want him to sound like the old Sonic X cartoons. Faker, you know you're the, the fake hedgehog. That would be dope. I, I, if they went that route with it, I think it'd be. I think that'd be really cool. And I, I, I think I could see Hayden pulling off that kind of voice. I think he could do it if, if that ends up being true that he is going to voice Shadow. I think whoever they pick, because especially like, because I don't know when when I heard Edris Elba was going to be Knuckles, I was I, I didn't really know how to feel about it just because I'm so indoctrinated by the the voices that Knuckles has had in the past mm-hmm. but he did a really great job so I think this is a place where they may give similar tones of voices but give it to more broad actors yeah, um, I mean, I, I can't, I can't wait for Big the Cat. That, that's my, that's my hope if, for the yeah, post-credit scene. I am wondering if Sonic Three were gonna get like Big the Cat, Amy, Cream, Rouge. <laughs> but yeah, oh. I am wondering if we're gonna get any of those characters in Sonic Three as well, because there have been a lot of cast members that have been announced to be in it, but there's no, no one. They're not spilling who they're voicing. One thing I'm happy for is Jim Carrey's coming back. Yes, that was another thing. I was, that's the other thing I was gonna bring back bring up is Jim Carrey is returning to be Eggman one last time. He is not retiring just yet, folks. Well, you, you know this, like, as long as Eggman exists in the Sonic movie universe, just like how, shit, what's his name? Who's the guy that did the live action Shaggy? Like, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> uh, that, like, with just how Matthew Lillard's probably gonna be tied to the Five Nights at Freddy's movie franchise for generations to come. Like, these roles get so iconic in live action situations that I could see Jim Carrey. I think Jim Carrey is the, the type of character actor where he can do this role for years and years and just like I, I don't think he'll retire anytime soon with how much fun he seems to be having with this role. I will say though if after Sonic 3 I could see them doing maybe one more Sonic movie because I don't want them to milk it till it's dead but I, I feel like they could get a fourth one in where it's uh, either at the enemy for Sonic 4 is either like Chaos or or um, Metal Sonic. Oh, I was literally thinking about doing Chaos, but then I was like, but would the CGI make it look good? I think Metal Sonic would probably be a little bit better. Yeah. But if they go into the territory of, of Sonic Adventure 2, like that, I don't even know how you're going to budget that in Yeah, because this in whole cost. movie, Sonic 3, is going to be based off of Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, They're going the full shit. nine yard with the story. They even, um, I forget the name of the, the girl actress that they announced is going to be in the movie. We all know she's being Maria. So Dude, we know they're going thinking, uh, They're going all out with this. They're going the uh, dark shadow yeah. story. But uh, two more things I wanted to add in for Sonic 3 is that we did get a teaser for with the logo for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and the announcement. Oh, that it looks so cool. It does look good. And it's like a straight rip, uh, rip out of um, Sonic Adventure 2 with the logo. And oh, the teaser did announce that we will be getting the movie in December. Bro, see like, oh man. We're getting so, because you know, we get, we're get we getting Moana 2 in, in November I think. We're getting Sonic 3 in December. Like a lot of great movies are coming out this year. Yeah. 
Which is good because I feel like we've been in kind of a funk these last couple months where there hasn't been anything that has really caught our eyes for yeah, our group at least. Do- and then the stuff that does come out is just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but here's hoping that, you know, we can... Because, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's 2 might be coming out either this year or next year. Oh, that that would be fun to watch too. I'm, I'm excited for for film. I just will, would rather stream it at home if I'm going to be honest. Go to it. But not only is this movie going to be showing off a lot of stuff people are going to love about it, Sonic Adventure 2 in it. We're also getting a lot of good music in it as well because Crush 40 has announced that their music is going to be in this movie. We're going to get the iconic Live and Learn song from Sonic Adventure 2 oh, in this movie at some point. Oh, no, dude. You know it's going to be part of the introduction. Oh. But here's the thing I'm really hoping for and which will make a lot of people happy or, or me especially of because of how much I love this Shadow the Hedgehog game. If they play I Am All of Me when Shadow appears, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. We have a spinoff series that's going to prelude into Sonic 3, which is kind of funny because going back to the Sega Genesis, we had Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. I I guarantee you, Tails will barely make an appearance in in this spinoff. It'll be all Knuckles and Sonic. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be mostly Knuckles. I think Sonic's going to appear in like the first episode for a little bit, and then it's just going to be Knuckles throughout the rest I of it. I hope so. I hope but, it's Knuckles, the history of the Echidnas. Yeah, that, that'd be really cool if we go more into the Echidnas story and every the, more of Knuckles' backstory with the Echidnas and everything. But yeah, we are going to be getting a Knuckles series on Paramount+, Plus, which the first episode should be airing late April, I believe. And that series is going to prelude into Sonic the Hedgehog 3. I mean, I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped for them building up the world before, before they get to the movie. I think this is I think this is a smart choice, especially with Knuckles, because like they could have done it with Tails, but I think Knuckles is more of the icon. Like Tails is will forever be Sonic's sidekick, so he doesn't really need to be fleshed out that much, aside from like his subplots in the movies that he's a part of. But I feel like Knuckles was a really good choice to, to do this miniseries, especially leading into their third movie, because they could have they could have done a Shadow one, but I feel like that'd be better saved for after for the movie. Mm-hmm. If he survives it, because we all kind of know what happens in Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Everyone's gonna live happily ever after. Well, I, some, some people. So some people may not. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. But uh, anyway, that's all I got for Sonic News on my end. Uh, Gemini, what you got for uh, Parallel Lives? What's up with that? Sorry, oh, I was tearing oh. <laughs> off his face. <laughs> you, were, you just you just got reached out from the depths of hell. Well, I had to pull my <laughs> attention span from the depths of hell because I was zoning out hard. Oh my god. We are, we are anyway. a bunch of ADHD dissociators, I swear. We really are. Anyway, so, Paralyzed. Yes, if you know me, which most of you don't, but that's besides the point. I am... <laughs> I love life simulation games, and that's what Paralyzed is. It is an upcoming uh, life sim game that has been... It's actually, it's not even in early access, so I can't even say that um it's not even in early access yet it is a life simulation game that has been in development since 2019 and i had so much plot lined up that i was going to talk about but i was too busy to associate <laughs> oh my god you got this anyway I in you. but if you've been living on 
under a rock or you're just not really into that side of gaming, which is fair. Uh, these chuckle nuts aren't really into it either. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a life simulation game that is being in that is being developed and has start, started development back in 2019. And the interesting thing is it is a very, very, very small, like small development team game. By that, I mean, when they started, it was just one dude. It was one dude who started this game. He quit his job and he wanted to make a game. And that was early 2019. And now in the year of our sick and dying Lord of 2024, um, they released a gameplay trailer and the first whisper of their early access release in 2025. And I am so excited because when I caught wind of this game, I was happy because I myself am a big ass f***ing fan of the of license, especially the biggest one that's pretty much had a chokehold of the title of life simulation The Sims. I've loved it ever since I was a kid. It was probably one of the first games that really like gripped me hard, aside from Mario Kart, but that was just because it was the first game I ever played. Um, It is a game that has pretty much just had me in a chokehold ever since my childhood. <laughs> and this is a game that is actually going to be a strong competitor against it, because that has been a big issue in the past. I'd say, honestly, God, how old is The Sims? Like 20, it's 24 years old. The past 24 years, The Sims has been a reigning king of the life simulation franchise. There has been nothing that could ever compare to it until pretty much now. I've already talked about Life by You by Paradox, and while that one does seem like it is a pretty decent contender, it's a little still janky and everything, and I do have high hopes for it because of the fact of one of the people behind it is someone who worked on The Sims 2, so I do have hopes, but this one I have really big hopes for just due to the fact that, one, it is a it is a team now of like 10 people competing and trying to compete against EA, Maxis, one of the big kahunas of like the gaming industry. And honestly, I really think they'll do it because when they released their gameplay trailer, it was so refreshing. One, the art style is so cute. It is, it's cartoony, but not in like a Animal Crossing sense. It's more like a, I don't know how to describe it. It gives me like, I think the best way I can describe the style is, oh, what was that one? What, what's that? What, what was that one gay in life choice game where you played as the girl who could rewind time? What was that game? Life is strange. Life is the, strange. It's a, the it's butterfly kind of, effect. Are you disrespecting yeah. life is strange? It's a shit game. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I came up I can see it. Does, it does give an game. animation that's very similar to that from the stuff I'm looking at right now. Yeah. So the style is kind of similar. Like I said, the best way, the best comparison I can find or I can think of is like life is strange, but a little bit more cozy feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, less gritty, more cozy feeling. And so it's definitely a bit like it's a it's it's the opposite side of the coin from Life by You, because Life by You is definitely more realistic looking, kind of like GTA and IMVU and everything. This is more of a cartoony, cozy feeling. And one of the things that was really refreshing is because throughout the years that this game has been in production, they have released like I'd say once or twice a month, they release little updates kind of to see how the game has been progressing. First, they started with just the very basic, simple building tools that the creator, I think his name is Alex Moss Massey. His name is Alex. And um, it was just a few simple building tools 
struggles that he had been able to kind of smooth out with this game that he created. Then it bumped up to like a few things, like at, like more from building to then like placing items down. The beginnings of like creating the hair and everything for these upcoming characters called Paras, because Paralives, he's calling them Paras, which is so cute. Para, it's it's just cute. And then showing the design for the characters, how you make them, and it's just been a very slow burn of a process. And it is it is a very like frustrating wait because, like I said, this has been 2019, and we're now in 2024. This game has been in production for almost five years now, and it hasn't even hit early access yet. So it's not even in early access hell yet. But I honestly don't think it's going to be one of those early access hell games because the creator seems like it's he's very passionate, and the people that he has hired on to this project seem like they are very passionate as well to make this game to make something new and definitive looks like um back when the game was in really early production it actually won a 2020 award for most anticipated canadian game oh is he i didn't realize that he was canadian you guys can't disrespect canada now oh please it's just how canadians and americans are we disrespect each other all the time oh he's from he's from quebec (laughs) but that's 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 a joke Anyway, so yeah, he is a Canadian game producer. He's the one who's making the game. Alex Moss, Massey, Massey, I don't know. Massey. Massey. And so, you know, this game has been in production hell, I guess you could say, but it's not really hell. It's just, you know, it's a small team. You know, Sergio has one boot. He quit his job and he wanted to make a game. Of course, it's going to take a long time. And just the pr- just the roadmap and the progress they've been showing is amazing. And when they re- released this gameplay trailer, which was earlier this week, actually, I actually like when I saw the night before that they were releasing it I was like holy shit I was so excited I was like flipping my hands around like a goddamn idiot and then at, a, at the strike of 11 I opened YouTube and I watched it and I nearly <laughs> cried I'm gonna be honest I was such a bitch I nearly cried and um, it was just so interesting because they brought a lot of they kind of had some similar features with older Sims games where the per- you use like kind of personality points to um, give them their personality but it's simple they've simplified it and honestly it works because I feel the more simple, the better. And by simple, I don't mean skimping out on like cutting things. I mean like just making it simple, like less is more. You know the saying less is more? I honestly think they're kind of holding that phrase when they're making this game of less is more. And they and I think that's really interesting because another thing is that while the personalities seem bare bones and simple at first, when you play your pair, when you play the game, as you play, play them, you can upgrade their personality in a sense. And I really like that because that actually kind of translates to how real life even works. You upgrade your personality in a sense as you live your life, as you experience things, as you, you know, make new friends, as you discover new hobbies and everything. You essentially upgrade your personality as you get older, as you live your life. And I love that. I love this feature. I They've just shown so many unique things and different ways to play a life simulator game and I have just been so excited for it and when they eventually and next year they didn't give a specific date they just said 2025 is when the early access release and you know damn well when that drops I will not shut the f- up about it on this damn podcast <laughs> every other update I'm probably gonna be like okay guys so the new Pyramid Paralives update just came out and this is what's been added which one thing that they did say and I have two things to say one at the end of the announcement trailer they said that they will never 
have paid DLCs and it will only be free expansions. You will pay to purchase the game, of course, a one-time purchase. And then after that, there will be no paid DLCs, only free expansions. Some people, myself honestly included, have been a little concerned with the fact that if the game has is not going to have any form of paid DLC, how are they going to continue funding the game? Because if they want to continue the expansion of this game and they want to do it for free, which honestly, more power to them. This is something that like needs to come back with gaming. However, I understand that you do have, you have employees to pay. You have, you know, you have to pay your employees in the end. And I don't know if they have something up their sleeve for the future or maybe not necessarily paid DLCs, but maybe um, kind of like how The Sims is doing with kits where they're just tiny little things where you could pay like maybe $5 to add some things that don't really impact your game. Like, you know, a couple little like decoration items or like a few clothing items that are, isn't impactful whether or not you have it in your game. That well, could be an idea. I know some people would be a little upset, but it's not like they're locking away important features. I think it also comes down to as well that they're going about this, at least from an outside looking in, they're going about this the same way as they are with as um, Larian Studios do the Boulder's Gate, is that they're continuing to work on this game until it is complete to the full extent. Unlike yeah, and that Sims, is where all these expansions were just building on an unfinished game. Yeah, and that is something that they also did stress when they released the early access date is it will come out on early access in 2025, but be aware it will be unfinished, there will be bugs, and there will be missing content. So they, that is another thing I have respected the Paralives team for. They have been very translucent. And what I mean by that is they're not hiding things and being opaque like EA is, but they're not being 100% transparent in the sense where like, kind of like uh, Life by You, they're 100% transparent, which is fine, but at the same time, they're showing everyone how the game currently is. And a lot of people are like, oh, the game looks kind of like unfinished and weird. And so people are getting a little harsh about them over it. They're being translucent in the sense where they're showing what they feel comfortable releasing that they are confident is at the very least mostly done or um, is either mostly done or what they feel is like getting to the point where it might be tweaked a little bit. There might still be some changes, but they're confident in the direction they're going, but they're not laying all of their cards out on the table because in the end, they do want people to be excited about this. And one thing, they also are listening to their fan base. Like when I watch a video that if someone who's talking about Paralives, there's, they're always the top comment and they're, they're 100% taking in these criticisms, constructive criticism, ideas, and everything that their fans and patrons are voicing. And that's really nice to see. And I'm really liking how they're having this translucent approach where they're allowing us to see a few things, but they're still keeping things kind of hidden away because again, they either don't want to kind of blow their load and have everything kind of blow up in their face. But if they keep everything locked away, then people are going to get antsy and irritated and like making empty promises. And honestly, I'm probably like, maybe I am holding this game up too high and it could be a stinker. I'm really hoping it's not, but just from what I have seen with the like seven minute gameplay trailer, it honestly looks like it's in a wonderful direction. But one thing that I really thought was interesting is in Sims games and other life simulation games, I think Life by You is doing it too with their needs panel, it's like little bars that you have to like keep an eye on to make sure it doesn't go down. With this, there are little notifications that pop up in the corner that your pair is like, hey, I want to do this. Hey, little stinky and I should probably get a shower and everything. I kind of like that because it, it feels like they're more alive in a sense. I don't know. I'm just, I'm 
just getting overhyped about little game of little pixel people because I just like controlling little stories to my manners and I just think it's neat. I am excited for Life by You. One, because it is a life simulation game. It's by Paradox and it's being made by Rod Humble, who was someone who worked on The Sims 2, one of the best iterations of The Sims. Yes, I'm excited about that. But I, but with this one, I have so much joy and hope for it because like I, this is so, this is it's from a small team and they are trying to tackle the impossible, which is topple the crown off of EA's head. And they that is something they need because that's the reason why they've gotten lazy, why they can they know they can get away with this because no one has been able to step up to an attempt to take the mantle from them. No one has ever done that until now. And this is something that they need because if not, they're going to continue to get lazy. They're going to continue to shit on their customer base and they're just not going to care. And this is something that EA needs. They need someone to compete against with. Because if you notice, a lot of games that are relatively good have competition. Life simulation games, it's just been the Sims. They've had no comp, no actual true competition until now. And I don't think they've realized it yet because they see, you know, they see Life by You and they're like, it's by Paradox, but they're not really known for Life Sims, so it's whatever. And then they see Paralives and they're like, they're a tiny indie game. They're probably not going to get too far, but that's where these big companies fuck up. They don't think that these indie games are going to sneak out under the rug and rip the rug out from their feet. But a lot of times they do. And that's what I'm excited about, to see this small indie game topple the giant. Kind of oh, like a David and Goliath thing. You're very insane. you're very hopeful there. And I, I hope you have tempered expectations, especially with the situation going on with Power World and Pokemon. But that will be for another week. Different thing, though, in a sense. And that's why, yeah, with Life by You, with Paralives, they're not doing anything unique in the sense of a life simulation. No, of course not. That is not unique in the slightest. Hell, technically, even with The Sims, that's not unique because in the end, when it first came out, it was just digital dollhouse. That's literally yeah, what The Sims 1 like was. Barbie. So, yeah, that's literally what it was. So in a sense, even that isn't original. It was original at, in a sense because it was one of the first ones on the computer, yes. But conceptually, no, it is not original. However, the fact that they are taking this and then adding their own unique ideas and how the game works is what I'm really excited for. Because like I said, with um, personality bits, how less is more, you have a few points where you put into, I think they boiled it down to the pairs would have uh, with the point, personality points at the very least is I think it was physique, mind, creativity, and charisma. And each one of those kind of coincides with the specific skills that they would learn. And then they break it down even more in a sense, but it's still simple to your vibe, which is kind of like how you are, whether you're an anxious person, whether you're a bubbly person, whether you're more of a gloomy person. And then secondary to that is your social perk, whether you're a social butterfly, you're a loner, you, you know, are better with romantic relationships. Are you better at taking care of people and everything? And I like how they've broken it down in that sense, rather than just like um, plopping personality traits, as in with The Sims uh, 3 and 4, that do very specific things. And there's so many of them. It's more simple. And I just, like I said, less is more. And I'm liking the direction that the Paralives team is going. And I have very high hopes. Am I like 
Is it to the point of like holding them on a pedestal? Maybe to a sense, but that's just my over like enthusiasm for it. Um, do I, I know a lot of people are comparing them to The Sims and I do feel that is really unfair due to the fact of how long The Sims has been around and how powerful it is. I do feel it is very unfair to compare them in a sense. And I just more see them as competition because again, that's what it needs. That's what the life simulation genre really needs is another competitor. That's the downfall of EA currently is, or I guess Maxis, but they're owned by EA, so it's whatever. They're the same thing at this point. Um, that's just the downfall that they've had, and that's why they've gotten so lazy, and it's depressing seeing that, because again, I'd say The Sims is probably my all-time favorite game series. It's always a game series that I will always go back to for just when I'm bored, when I just need to decompress after a very bad day, when I am in the mood to tell a story, but I don't really feel like doing anything else creatively. It's, it's always the creative outlet that I will always default to, and it's like a comfort. It's like a comfort to me. And that's all I have to say about Paralyzed aside from the fact, keep an eye out it. If you have the spare funds, if it, if it looks like something that interests you and you have the funds to support them, I definitely would. I don't, but that's because I'm a broke-ass bitch in America. If I could, I would. I would definitely subscribe to their Patreon. But I don't have the spare money to do that now. I feel so bad about that, but you know, it's it's a hard it's hard out here for a bitch. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about Paralyzed, though. Do you have any closing remarks, Snorbert? Well, you know, somebody has awoken and uh, seems he overslept. So we'll uh, we'll hear from Subset next week. Um, but as for me, that's everything I wanted to talk about. And I just wanted to go through my usual spiel as, as I do. Thank everybody for listening across the YouTube and CJSW networks. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe if you want to. Check out any other podcast that they have on CJSW. And uh, thank you to my wonderful friends, uh, Blaze. Anytime. And uh, Gemini. A pleasure as always. And we'll see both of you and the other two. And hopefully we'll all be together for that. Probably not. I'll be working. But you guys will be together. Anyways, have a great rest of the day, everybody. And we'll see you in the next one. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Robbie, go back to the editor's room. Bye. <laughs> hey, yo. Subset here. And you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW.